Welcome into Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Curran, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. We both picked the Jacksonville Jaguars to steamroll the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr, that little baby back you know what last night, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, man, the people in the room. Welcome in to Ride the Line, Grant. Welcome into Ride the Line, Tanner. Welcome into Ride the Line, everybody out there. On this wonderful Friday, back-to-back episodes for Tanner and myself. We had to delay the Wednesday show because Trevor Lawrence couldn't decide if his knee was going to be healthy enough to play. But he looked pretty good out there, and the Jags were able to walk away with a win, just like Tanner and I said they would. Lawrence led the team in rushing last night, so it was pretty impressive. The problem with our prop pick last night, we both were over the, all over the Rashid Shahid prop. And I'll tell you what. They don't use him enough. He doesn't run hard enough off the ball. And Derek Carr is very bad at football. So it was a combination. I just shouldn't have bet on Derek Carr last night. I realized that. And the Jaguars played really good defense in the secondary. So they really didn't give up the big play down the field. He caught four passes, didn't he? Four passes yeah, for it was 28 like, yards. And we were coming into this saying he's averaging 18 and a half per reception. So he just needs two. That was the most frustrating part. He could have played his receptions, I guess, because it was at two and a half. That would have hit with ease. But again, he's a field stretcher. He's a guy that wants to work vertically. But they didn't take any shots to him vertically. And Derek Carr missed him a couple times. There were a few balls that Derek Carr threw to him. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's going to get picked off. Hey, Tanner, by the way, we've got some smart people in the comments. I don't know if you've seen that, but the comment section is nailing their picks lately. Yeah, love that. Make sure you guys subscribe. You get our picks. You get their picks. You get notified when the videos are coming. It's not rocket science. Never been rocket science. We have week seven coming up. Very excited about week seven, Grant. Let's get right into picks today. All right. You starting it or am I? Uh, I mean, I I can start this one. All right, let's go. You start it. There's a team called the Buccaneers. (laughs) The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The new favorite to win the NFC South Tampa Bay Buccaneers the entire time. All offseason, the Saints are like plus 150 to win this division. They are dog water, and they have a soft quarterback in Derek Carr. They're so bad. They're no so fight. bad. There's no, they, they're so bad. They fight with each other on the sidelines. Dennis Allen last night, his like halftime interview with whoever it was, like he was just angry. He's just an angry guy because his team sucks. Anyways, Buccaneers are by far the best team in the NFC South. They're not a good team, but they're the best team in the NFC South. And when you look at the Atlanta Falcons, they have Desmond Ritter. He is a terrible quarterback. He's not good, uh, has made a lot of mistakes with the football. Atlanta has a lot of talent, but Ritter is the one guy holding them back. I truly think if you gave them a decent quarterback, they might be a little more of an authority in this division. But Tampa Bay should be just fine in this game. I want to see them stretch the field. I want to see them work in play action with Rashad White. Uh, So that's something to look at in this game. But I really think that Desmond Ritter is going to be the problem for this Falcons team. And when you look at their defensive stats, they do rank pretty well in defensive rusher rating, but defensive passer rating, they're 18th. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin look for them to have a decent game if the Buccaneers commit to the pass in this one uh, and work in their play action. Yeah, I do think the Bucs will win this game, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think if the Falcons have kind of anybody else in the league, maybe not Bryce Young, but maybe, I don't know. I don't even know who else. Like, take out Desmond Ritter, take out Bryce Young. Anybody else quarterback in this Falcons team, 
feel like they could be pretty good. I mean, they are spoiled for riches on offense. Their defense has been playing pretty well. It's actually been the bright point of this team. It's just Desmond – like, look at his recent QBRs. These are his QBRs for the season. 29, obviously horrendous. 73, good. 16, and then he follows it up with an 11. He has a 79 two weeks ago, and he has a 32 last week. For the year, he ranks 25th in quarterback rating. He's just – what has he got? Six touchdowns, six interceptions. I, I, I genuinely feel bad for Bajon Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts and all these guys. Like, Jonu Smith is the leading receiver. That, that should just never happen. So, until they get a different quarterback in there, I said going into the season, they would be better with Taylor Heineke. I still fully believe that. I understand you're not going to do that because you invested a draft pick into Ritter, but got to take the Bucks here. You know, I think the Falcons could be better with a new quarterback, but with Ritter, I do like the Bucks. Imagine if you scored on tests what he did for his QBR, he'd probably be kicked out of school. <laughs> like, think about it. Like, he's failed like that many tests in a row. You'd fail a class and you wouldn't be in school anymore. So, Desmond, you better step it up, but not this weekend. Not not against the Bucs because the Bucs are going to win. Well, um, what we do know about tests, by the way, Tanner, remember coming into the year, Bryce Young had like the best S2 test score ever. And CJ Stroud was like supposed to supposedly a moron. He couldn't get anything right. <laughs> And C.J. Stroud is now – C.J. Stroud, honestly, is like a top 10 MVP candidate. And Bryce Young's probably the worst quarterback in the league. Well, Bryce Young's also the size of Mickey Mouse. So it's really hard to like – I'm not like – and I stop being mean. He's not big. How many How many little quarterbacks or short quarterbacks have made it in this world? Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. Well, like, he's shorter – he, he's 5'10 on a good day. Like he's smaller than all of them. Like Baker Mayfield's short. He's six foot one. Uh, yeah, Bryce Young's 5'10". Yeah. Ky- uh, Kyler, Mur- Kyler Murray's like 5'9", right? Ky- like, Ky- I mean, Kyler Murray's probably the best little, little quarterback ever just because like, I don't think I've ever seen a guy that small. He hasn't done anything either, really. In no, he's, he's I mean, he's better than Bryce Young, but he hasn't done mm-hmm. much. But Bryce Young, I mean, you know, I feel bad because there's going to be a player eventually who does defy that mold, but it, it's just so hard to be 5'10 and to get away with it. And I know that he doesn't have a good offensive line. He doesn't have good playmakers. It's rookie season. He should get better as the years go on, but he, he just looks so out of place. He does. And like in the SEC, you're playing for Alabama. These guys are running 10 yards open down the field. He was great at Alabama, so I don't want to take anything away from him. But these guys get five yards of separation at Alabama for the most part. The throws are easier to make. That's not the case in the NFL. You're five foot ten. You can't see over the line. You got guys running at you that are six foot four. Like, I just don't know why you would take Bryce Young as the first pick in the draft. He's too short. I'm sorry. And at Alabama, you got to keep in mind too. He pretty much every game he played, he had an offensive line that was dominating the defensive line. So clean pocket. You know, he not only could he. You know, maybe he he would still have problems seeing over the defenders, but they couldn't get to him, so it wouldn't even it wouldn't even matter. That's fine. Give me the Buccaneers to win the NFC South. Simple. No, I think it's a good pick. We were talking about it yesterday. I think you made a very sharp play going into the uh, start of the year here. Just like my sharp play, my first one of this Friday episode, going to be the Buffalo Bills minus eight and a half versus the New England Patriots. The Bills have a fetish for blowing out the Patriots. Now, I know New England won a game. Was It, it was either last year or two years ago where they ran the ball a total of three or they threw the ball a total of three times. Uh, Mac Jones completed two of them. It was like the crazy wind game. But, I mean, the Bills, they they historically, 
in the Josh Allen era. That is, they, they own the Patriots. And the Bills are this team that's way up. They're way down. They won last week, but I still wouldn't consider it an up week. Like They beat the Giants by five points. They should have lost. That was after an actual loss in London. I just think this is the ultimate spot for them to bounce back with a huge win. Patriots have one of the worst scoring differentials in the entire league. Matthew Judon's out. Christian Gonzalez is out. Mac Jones is out on the field, which is basically means the offense is out. The coaching staff is a mess. Like I just got, I got no good signs to point to the Patriots. I think the Bills cover this one. I want the Bills to blow their doors off. I really do because I, I just want to get a good quarterback. Like that's that's what I'm going. I don't want Caleb Williams though. Cocky little, you know what? Right now, very cocky, very very cocky. Like I, he, he hasn't made himself look the best the last couple of days, but I, there's guy. no doubt in my mind he's going number one. Give me, give me, give me Sam Hartman. Give me Sam Hartman at like the middle. Stop of the draft. saying that. Take Drake May, if anybody. Dude, Sam Hartman's like hair. Oh man, like <laughs> give, give me Sam. Don't give me. We won't get Caleb Williams. I truly think we'll be better than to get Caleb Williams. Like we'll, we, we might. So wait now it is we. When I try to call you a Patriots fan, you say you're a Buccaneers fan. No, I'm a Buccaneers we. fan. I'm a Buccaneers. No, you're fan. not. You can't be we and not a part of the no, team. I'm we got him. 4K. 4K. I'm, He's done. I'm, I'm in, but this is 1080, buddy. Um, I'm in Boston, so I, I got to root for the team, right? Like, I got to root. I just don't like Mac Jones. Like, Mac Jones is destroying every single childhood memory that I have. Like, he's literally ruined it in the course of two seasons. So, I would like a new quarterback in there. So, I'll say we because I still look to the Tom Brady days, but Mac Jones just like his press conferences after games is like, yeah, we just didn't, we just didn't get him hard enough today. Like, we're going to, we're going to keep fighting. Like, this one's on me. Like, like, Mac, damn it. I don't want to hear the excuses. Just throw the balls to the open receiver. And he doesn't have a lot of open receivers. So I will give him that. He has nobody getting open. It's not just on Mac. No, it's definitely not on Mac. And I actually saw a report, I believe, two days ago that supposedly Robert Kraft has discussed the possibility of moving on from Bill Belichick. And, um, you know, Belichick's legacy is not to be questioned, but he's getting older. Um, I think naturally motivation starts to decline just a little bit. Maybe the league has changed so much in the last couple of years that him being the greatest coach of all time, you know, even if he's, I'm not saying he is, but let's just call him a top 10 coach in the league. Well, if you've gone from the best coach ever to top 10 in the modern era, your team's going to look a whole lot different. So maybe it is time to get some new life in there. It was never Belichick. It was Tom Brady. You know, well, that's what the, the, the more the it. more that time passes, it's hard for me. I'm I've been having this discussion with myself too, because the more that time passes, Brady looks better because Brady won a Super Bowl in a new spot and Belichick hasn't even made to the play made the playoffs without Brady, right? But there is also the fact that the NFL has changed so much with, with the way the rules are constructed and the influx in talent and the quarterbacks, and they've got to be dynamic and mobile and all this stuff that it is almost like a new league, even for what it was six, seven years ago. So it's hard for me to figure out how much of that is responsible for the change and then how much was actually just Tom Brady being there responsible for all the success they had. Brady going to Tampa and winning a Super Bowl kind of cemented that it started the conversation that it was Brady. And then the record post Brady cemented that it was Brady. Yeah, I, I, I think I, if you're. You know, we take we take the defense and, and all this other stuff out. I think like beforehand, I was giving Belichick a majority of the credit. Not not I'm not saying like 80-20, but I thought he was a little more. Now I think it's 
Brady a little more. Now, with that being said, we've got to remember what Belichick did to some of the greatest offenses that we've ever seen. Like even, even the last Super Bowl that they won, it was against the Rams who had scored the second most points in the entire league, and he held them to three points. We don't get – you know, Tom Brady, we don't talk about a lot. Tom Brady was not great in a lot of playoff games, but he was great when he had to be at the end of the fourth quarter. They were only in that spot because Belichick's defense was able to keep the other offenses at bay. So – we can't totally discredit everything Belichick did, but at the same time, Brady, you know, it's just his charisma, his personality. He was able to keep everything, hold it together, and then he always came through when he needed to. Brady didn't put him in bad spots. So like Mac Jones puts him in bad spots every week. Like that's that's another it's complimentary football. Like you don't have to be great, just don't turn the ball over inside your 50, punt and play defense. Mac just doesn't get that. He does not get that. That was a fun little sidebar. All right, what's you your next pick, Tater? I like the Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos to go over 45 points may seem a little concerning because these two teams have Jordan Love and Russell Wilson, but the Broncos offense has not been the problem there. They just had a bad game against the Kansas City Chiefs, but they've actually been throwing it decently this season when they choose to throw it. They have a decent offensive line. Russell Wilson's actually six in offensive passer rating, according to Cole Hart football facts. Like he is throwing the football. He's 10th in real quarterback rating. When they choose to throw the football, they're going to be just fine. But the biggest reason to take the over here, both defenses are terrible. Jordan Love hasn't really played well, but he should play well this weekend. Uh, the Broncos rank 30th in defensive rusher rating. They rank 32nd in defensive passer rating and 31st in defensive real quarterback rating. They're also 25th in bendability, so they give up big plays. Um, there's not a lot to write home about this Broncos defense. On the flip side, for the Packers, I think this is a good matchup for the Broncos offense if they can throw the ball in this one. Uh, the Packers rank 14th in defensive passer rating. They rank 26th in defensive rush rating. So these are two really bad defenses and two mid-offenses. I think we're going to see a lot of points. Yeah, so I wrote a preview for our friends over at Forbes about this game, and I like the over as well. Um, Jordan Love, he's completing just over 55% of his passes, but he does have the highest average depth of target in the league. Now, that raises some concerns because he's thrown six interceptions in the last three weeks. It's either, I think it's either one or two touchdowns, six interceptions in the last three weeks. Um, but that is a double-edged sword because you think about it, if, if he's nailing on those long passes, then his team is scoring. And if he's turning the ball over while well, he's setting opponents up in good field position. So it can work both ways. Um, Russell Wilson, I would push back and say that his stats not fully representative, in my opinion, of the performances. A lot of those numbers feel like Dak Prescott from a couple of years ago, where they were all just racked up at the end of the game in futile comeback efforts or after he'd already choked a lead and now he's just trying to save face in the fourth quarter. Russell Wilson's numbers are good, but his his play, I don't think, has been that great. That being said, these defenses are terrible. The Broncos give up the most points in the entire league at more than 33 per game. I think the over is a very strong play here. That's what we're going with. Grant, pick number two. Pick number two is the Las Vegas Raiders, minus two and a half versus the Chicago Bears. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo probably won't play, which means Brian Hoyer, who has not won a game since 2016, could play. Or Aiden O'Connell, who's a rookie who threw no touchdowns and two interceptions in his only professional game. So, why am I taking the Raiders? Well, as bad as the quarterback situation is for them, uh, it's even worse for the Bears. Uh, Justin Fields is out. Got a problem with his hand. Uh, Tyson Badgent is going to be filling in. If you don't know him, he is a 23-year-old rookie quarterback from Division II Shepherd College, which 
is not exactly a powerhouse. And then his backup is the almighty Nathan Peterman. So on one side, we've got Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. And on the other, we've got Tyson Badgett and we've got Nathan Peterman. This game is going to be terrible. I mean, there's a reason the total is 37 and a half. And you never, you never see that in fair weather until now. But, you know, I got to go with the Raiders here. I, at least those guys. O'Connell looked good in the preseason. Hoyer is 38 years old. He's been in the NFL his entire life. Tyson Badgett, 23-year-old from a Division II school, stepping into, by the way, a Bears offense that has looked like one of the worst in the entire league. Khalil Herbert is injured. The Bears defense has been really bad. I'm I'm taking the Raiders. They're not a good team. I don't like them. I'll probably never bet them again, but I almost feel like you have to in this situation. I'd probably stay away from this one. I think there's better games to bet just because the injuries on both sides and the quarterback, like Brian Hoyer sucks. Brian Hoyer's not good. If he gets to start Aiden O'Connell better than probably Tyson Badgett, but just too many injuries for me to really say that this game's going to go one way or the other. Cause the, the bears defense can play decent at times. They can be as good as the Raiders and we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Speaking of low totals, by the way, did you see Iowa, Minnesota is at 30 and a half? Yep. Yep. I did 30 and I would never, never touch the over. I would, I would probably go under. Like there's a reason. I, I bet the under, I bet the under I'm in. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason it's at 30 and a half. So it's the lowest total in college football game in at least 20 years. Love that. Absolutely love that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to college football tomorrow. We got Penn state Ohio. That's the one game I care about. Um, game of the year. And then Duke, Duke plus 14 and a half potentially at night. I don't know if that's that's the move or not, but we'll see if I win on Penn State first. All right. Final pick here, Grant. You ready for this? Yep. Let's hear it. This trash Miami Dolphins team is finally going to get exposed. Well, once again, they're going to get exposed to the second time. This Miami Dolphins team is not good. They have a good offense. They are not like, let's let's take a step back and relax a little bit. Everyone thinks the Miami Dolphins are like the greatest things in sliced bread because Tyreek Hill's doing backflips on touchdown celebrations, okay? This offense is good. They are an elite offense. They can score. They have a lot of speed. So I'll, I'll just get the good stuff out of the way. First in offensive passer rating. Um, fourth in real quarterback rating. First in offensive rush rating. Like, they are an elite offense. With that being said, though, it takes a good defense to win in the NFL. You can't just score because there's going to be days where the offense isn't cooking and you got to find a way to make stops. And they don't have the team to do that. They rank 27th in defensive real quarterback rating. They rank 26th in defensive passer rating. They rank 29th in total team yards allowed and rank 25th in defensive rusher rating. That is not a championship football team right there. That is a team that loses in the AFC championship game. That's what I'll say. On the flip side, you have the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts probably has stared at a wall all week. He has probably just stared at a wall. Same thing with Jason Kelsey. They have been in the locker room just looking at a wall. Beside practice, right to the wall. Because they're they're psychos, okay? J Jalen Hurts, he was terrible last week. I don't even know what was going through his head. He looked like he was playing at Division II, whatever college that Tyson Badgett played. He was atrocious. They should have never lost that game. He has stared at a wall all week. So I think he's going to come out and be ready to play this football game. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be extra motivated. And they can play with the Dolphins on offense. They can still score points. Uh, seventh in real quarterback rating. Sixteenth in offensive passer rating. Not great. They have a top ten run offense, though. They have a really good offensive line. Top five unit there. Uh, so there's a lot to write home about on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe not as much Miami. But the defense is good. 
Um, the defense is much better on the ground. They shut down the run. So they can really focus on the passing game. They got to be cautious with um, Tyreek Hill running down the field. But I think their defense is going to give them the advantage. Also being at home at Lincoln Financial Field, I got to lean towards the Eagles. I think that this is one of two games where there will be more tickets on the underdog than there is on the favorite. The other one is the Lions versus the Ravens, which I was looking at some splits earlier today. That's that's already happening. People are on the Lions, even though they're underdogs. I think there's going to be a whole lot of people on the Dolphins, even though they're underdogs, on the road in primetime. And I'm with you. I think the Eagles win this game. You know, of course, they lost last week. It didn't look good. Losing, losing by a touchdown when your touchdown favorites against the New York Jets is not going to do well from a recency bias perspective. But I think the Eagles have a very clear path to victory here. It comes from sticking to what they're good at, dominating in the trenches, running the air out of the football. Miami cannot stop you. They're going to have to stack the box, and eventually that's going to open up the top, and you've got maybe the best one-two receiving punch in the league. On defense, to your point, 65 rushing yards allowed per game. That is the second fewest in the entire league. Miami leads the league in rushing offense, so if you want to shut them down, it starts right there. Sure, secondary is a little bit banged up, and you know what? You're not going to stop Tyree Kill no matter what you do. But if you can live with that and you can dominate the time of possession, you're at home, you can get after the quarterback, I think that there is a very good chance for the Eagles to win this game. So, Tanner, I am with you on this pick. Stop thinking Miami's good, people. Like, stop. They're not. Defensively, you can't. They have a great offense. That overshadows the fact that they are horrendous on defense. They are. They have. Their offense is unreal. I mean, and Mike McDaniel looks like an absolute genius. But their their defense is like, I think, what are their 20? Their 20th in yards allowed, 25th in points allowed. You can't win more than a, ga- a game or two in the playoffs with that. You just can't. They are worse on defense than the Giants, the Titans, the Colts, the Commanders, the Cardinals, the Vikings. All these teams are better than them on defense. So let that sink in before you place a bet in this game. Grant, final pick. My final pick. This is maybe my favorite one of the entire week because of one man. He goes by the name Mike Tomlin. He has the best cover percentage of any coach in NFL history as an underdog covers about 65% of the time. And you know what? The Steelers are plus three versus the Los Angeles Rams here. Steelers also coming off of a bye. Tomlin, I believe is he's either 14 and three or 13 and four straight up coming off of a bye. And you know, they're underdogs. So straight up would obviously mean that they do cover. Look, it's, it's a week off. The Steelers offense has looked horrendous. I'm not going to try to argue any differently, but they're going to have time to change the game plan. Kenny Pickett, you know, work with him in practice, figure out how can we get the ball to George Pickens? How can we unlock Najee Harris so that he's not just getting one yard per carry and that defense, you want to talk about the weakness of the Rams. It's the offensive line that Steelers pass rush. What can it do? It can cause hell for opposing quarterbacks. Not only does it stop opponents from scoring, it scores itself. Pick sixes, scoop and scores. They do it all. The Steelers win outright. And that is my final play of the week. I like it. I can't trust their offense, so I'd probably stay away. Again, I think it's a risky play because the Rams do have a much better offense and they can throw the ball a little bit. So if they score 20 points, that might be too much for the Steelers. So the Steelers defense is going to have to come up with some big takeaways in this game. I don't want to bet on a team trying to come up with takeaways. But I'd probably lean towards Pittsburgh here with the points um, if I had to. Yep, I think you got to do it. Tomlin's too good. Yep. All right, Grant. Well, that was a Friday edition of Ride the Line. We're we're chugging. We're almost at episode 100. We're getting there. 
Um, thank you guys for watching the show. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, do it all. Drop your picks in the comments. Grant, take us out of here. That's going to do it for Ride the Line, guys. Again, drop your favorite comment. Let us know what your favorite pick of the weekend is. We are always responding to comments, and we will check back in on my Monday. But until then, make sure you guys have subscribed to the channel. Good luck this weekend, and we will see you all very soon. <laughs>